Hey guys, and welcome back to Outnumbered with Kelly and Hollis. We are so glad you're sticking with us um, for this second episode of the second season. Ooh, two for two. Two for two, hopefully. Yeah. I, think, I think the first episode was a score. <laughs> I We've come a long way. I think our episodes are getting better. I wanted to say bigger and better, but, you know, slowly getting bigger. But we are definitely better. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely been a work in progress, and we definitely appreciate the support along the way. We've gotten a lot of good feedback, but, mm-hmm. you know, we're constantly trying to get better. So if you ever want to let us know, we will not be offended if we're doing something that, you know, you don't like. <laughs> <laughs> we're open to improvement. Um, but enough about uh, us. Let's uh, get on. Well, actually, let's stick with us for a little bit because we do have some exciting news if you've been living under a rock recently and don't know. Um, But we do have a digital summit coming up here on Thursday. So if you haven't signed up for it yet, you should definitely do that. You can check it out on all of our social media, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Um, The link is in our bio. So if you haven't, once again, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, you should definitely do it. Because we have some pretty amazing guest speakers. I mean, I'm bias but i think i mean even if i wasn't tied to this project i would definitely sign up for it because i mean it's free it that's literally, true. i think that's the best thing like it is free it is a day of jam-packed information and knowledge especially that's applicable to everyone if you're trying to pursue a career in sports so like kelly said sign up but don't just sign up like tell your friends tell your family tell your coworkers, tell your classmates tell everyone everyone needs to come to this summit even though we are focused on women it's not just for women we got some things for men too not specifically for men but you know the information is open to everyone but (laughs) yeah make sure you sign up we've been working really hard on this guys yeah and we're really excited to share it with you um and you know sharing is caring so hit the retweet the share put it on your instagram story we would love um to get your help on that but uh enough of the plugging We'll move on to the the meat of the episode. The appetizer's over. Uh, So one thing when Hollis and I were talking about kind of our journey and what we thought would be a relevant topic was a very good first step, at least, is kind of just figuring out what the heck you want to do in sports because it's such a vast industry. And I remember I've talked to people who've reached out to me on LinkedIn and I'll be like, oh, well, what are you kind of looking to do in sports? And they're like, I don't know. I just know I want to work in sports. Um, And that can really be difficult, especially if you don't really have a focus to kind of hone skills or develop skills that'll help you get that job. Because if you scatter yourself too much, then you're just going to kind of develop yourself a little bit in all these ways and maybe not enough to get you the job that you want. Um, But so we'll start off with just kind of giving you a basic layout of the sports industry. We've kind of split it up into categories that we feel make sense to us. Um, We're sorry if (laughs) we leave out one, um, but this is how we view it. So uh, so Hollis is going to kick us off um, with our first category. So Hollis, take it away. All right. So the first category we have is agency, and that is your Wasserman, your Octagon, your Excel Sports Management, WME, IMG, just to name a few. And what they do, these are kind of the big dogs within a sports agency. They represent a lot of different things. So you can find agents there that are representing different athletes as far as on the court or field, but also off the court and field. But then they also represent a lot of brands as well. So a lot of different marketing management, working with partnerships, getting their athletes, the partnerships. I was blessed to have an internship with Wasserman and they were one of the main agencies that put in a bid for the U.S not the U.S. Olympics, the World Olympics. (laughs) And so just to give you an idea of how much power an agency have, they have offices all over the world. So if you're really looking to kind of jump in somewhere and learn a lot, I did that with an agency. I 
honestly, that was the first experience I had within the sports world. And it opened so many doors for me. It gave me so much knowledge. So many people connected with it. A lot of people, I've noticed a lot of people start in the team realm and then they go over to the agency. And so that was one of the things that they talked about in my summer internship where we had, um, like a lot of other places where they do the intern meetups where different executives come in and speak to us. And we just sit there and listen and dream of getting a full-time job in sports. And so I know that was one of the things, I forget his name, excuse me, but the one of their executives for their NBA department, he came and said how a lot of times people work for the teams and then go to the agency route and not many people go agency into the team route, but not saying it's not saying it's not possible. Both are definitely doable, but that's kind of the more common way that he was describing how people get there, start within the sports industry. But I definitely recommend looking at agencies because it's a way to get a lot of exposure and a lot of, I guess, experience within one realm because they have their hands on so many things. They have their hands on so many important people, so many connections. So I thought it was a great experience working for an agency. Mm. So, and I have absolutely no experience working with an agency, so <laughs> I can't be of help in terms of providing knowledge, um, but I can help on the, the next category that Hollis and I wanted to cover, which is, I'm sure a lot of you are very familiar with, the collegiate level or working with a university. Um, and before we get into that, like there are other kind of ties that go with that, um, such as like if you don't want to work with the college side or the university, you can also work for the conference. So if you want to work ACC, SEC, any of those, I don't have the knowledge to list them all out. Um, but even if you, you know, conference doesn't, you know, suit your fancy, you can even work with the governing body, such as the NCAA or a lot of um, postseason events as well. So your bowl games. Or um, your, well, technically March Madness is with NCAA. But um, any of your postseason events um, that are coordinated by something other than the NCAA, you can also work as well. But getting back to the college side, um, because Hollis and I both have experience in this, um, but she is going to talk about her her time with the basketball team before we both cover our marketing internship. Yeah, before I get started with talking about the basketball team, I just wanted to say Working in college sports, this is actually how Kelly and I met, and I am so grateful and excited because look at us. I don't even know how many years has it been, like three, four? Do we have to? I want to say two or three. (laughs) Three or three years later, and this is where we are with the podcast. Who knew? But (laughs) to go off of my experience with the basketball team, um, I absolutely loved it. So if you take a look at my LinkedIn um, profile, a lot, I'm not going to say a lot, but majority of my experience is kind of geared towards basketball or some kind of basketball focus that I did not totally mean to do that. It just kind of happened that way where I keep getting basketball roles or something that's in relation to basketball. So the first role that I got was working with the Virginia Tech men's basketball team. And it's a funny story and actually how I got that role. I originally applied to do something with their like information technology role. And I went in and I interviewed and I thought it went great. And then, but they told me that they hadn't actually like solidified the position. And they were just like, well, we'll let you know (laughs) if we decide to move forward or not. And I was just like, okay. And then, so the next day they called and they're like, yeah, so we didn't get the position approved. So we're not going to like hire anyone for it. And I was just like, oh, Okay, cool. But then they were like, well, we liked you so much that we do still want you to come in and work for us as an office assistant. And I was like, bet, because, you know, at that time, I just wanted to get my foot in the door in sports. So I was like, I will take anything. And so I ended up working with the men's basketball team as an office assistant under the Buzz Williams, I guess, administration, if you want to call it. (laughs) And it was an absolute blast. It was nothing that I imagined it to be, but it was also everything that I imagined it to be. So we did (laughs) it's funny I don't know if you're an athlete or if any of the listeners have ever been an athlete but if you get recruiting letters and they're handwritten please know that the office assistants are in there handwriting these letters for you so don't just read them and throw them away because I worked really hard on those letters I just wanted to put that out there but honestly working that job it was a lot of everything it was planning some of their sponsorship and volunteer events it was doing all of the little work. So um, writing the recruitment letters 
organizing that for them, figuring out a lot of their game day festivities, making sure that the players had food, making sure that the coaches had everything that they needed. It was kind of a nice door into the sports industry for me because um, if you've listened to our previous episodes, I don't know much about sports. And so for me, that was a nice way for me to kind of learn the game while also learning the players and learning the coaching staff and just really being all in into the um, organization. So I thought that was super cool. And it was great because later down the line, um, when I worked for another company planning basketball tournaments, the Buzz Williams administration, I'm just going to keep calling that because I don't know what else to <laughs> refer to the mess since a lot of time coaches stick together. But they ended up being guests in one of our Orlando tournaments. So it was really nice seeing them again. And people recognize you. So make sure that if you do have a job that whether it's big or small, make sure that you are making that impact because people are going to remember you. You never know how things are going to come full circle because we keep saying this, but it's so true that the sports industry is very small. Everyone really does know each other or is one or two degrees away from knowing each other. So you just really want to make sure that you're making positive connections, that you really have good intention and you're really doing a great job. So that's kind of my experience of working with the basketball team. And I'm going to kick it back over to Kelly for her to talk about her experience with working with the ticket office at Virginia Tech. Yeah. Um, so in addition to the marketing internship that we'll talk about later, I also got an opportunity working with the ticket office, um, which I chose to do because the ticketing office and the marketing department worked so closely together. And at the time, I kind of saw myself staying within collegiate athletics and working in a marketing office. So I thought, isn't this a great idea? Not only do I still continue working with marketing, but I get to see this side of the ticketing office. Um, and even if you're not in ticketing, I know we've talked about this before, but I would highly recommend getting some version of a sales experience, whether it's a collegiate ticketing office or um, some other area of the sports industry, because that's a skill you can utilize anywhere and organizations are looking for it. Um, but most of my, my day working in the ticketing office was sent uh, or spent talking on the phone. Um, so if you don't enjoy conversing with other human beings, I wouldn't recommend this job for you especially frustrating um, human beings, or if you know, you're not great with technology, that's also not good, like me. Um, so when you have like 90-year-old people calling you trying to renew their season tickets, but they can't like explain to you like their browser, and you're like, no, 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 go up to the corner, there's a next. They're like, I don't see it. I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. You know, just serenity now, serenity now. Five o'clock, it's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> Um, you know, just, <laughs> it really teaches you patience, but, um, I think the big thing for me is I really just loved the people around me at the ticket office. And I think this translates, translates to any job that you'll find is the people around you really make the difference. Um, so make sure when you are looking for a position and you go in for an interview, they're not only interviewing you, but you're interviewing them. So make sure you're clicking or there's a connection between you and that individual. Otherwise, going to be a long season. Um, yeah. But yeah, overall, yeah, the ticketing office <laughs> taught me communication is very important, um, especially not everyone communicates like you do. So you have to be willing to adjust. But I mean, I, I can't complain. It got me into um, some games as well that I didn't already have tickets for because, uh, you know, you get to know people, you get to know the security staff and they may just let you, you know, slide in to a Duke game or to a Georgia Tech game. So that's that's always the benefits of, uh, you know, kind of working in the multiple areas of an organization. Um, but that's a little bit about the ticketing office. I was just, you know, on the phone helping people buy tickets is the simplest I can put it. If you, if you want to talk more about it, I'd love to, but that's pretty much the basic form. Um, so other than that, like we both touched on but the other opportunity that Hollis and I have experience with is the marketing internship. And I'll let Hollis go first because they kind of have a step system where when you first get hired, I would say, um, you start out as an events intern and then you do have the opportunity to work as an office intern as well. But Hollis is going to talk about being an events intern. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so I was an athletic marketing intern for one year. It was my senior year and a little background into that as well. So I think I realized I wanted to work in sports maybe 
my sophomore year. And so I applied to be an athletic marketing intern for my junior year and I didn't get it. And I was so distraught because I was like, hey, I'm a shoe and like, I'm great. Why didn't I get this position? And honestly, I wasn't ready. Like they were right. I did not need to be an athletic marketing intern my junior year. And then I went and I did my little intern with Wasserman and I came back bigger and better and I killed it my senior year. But like Kelly was saying, so the athletic marketing internship, I guess the first tier is really focused on a lot of promotional and grassroots marketing. So at Virginia Tech, we had this big thing before all all of our football games called Hokey Village. And it has inflatables and games and music. And honestly, it's a blast. But for some of our earlier games, people don't realize that, you know, we're the ones putting all this together at 5, 4 a.m. <laughs> and also tearing it apart by the games. And I think for me, that was kind of the frustrating part because I like to jump. I don't know. If, well, if you haven't heard, then you've definitely been living under a rock. But at Virginia Tech, we like to jump before our games. And of course, if you're tearing down all of the fun that people had, you don't get to make it into the game in time to jump. And so I missed a lot of inner Sandman jumping opportunities, which kind of had me down. But overall, it was a great, great, great experience for me. And it was a great door opener. Um, Just to give you guys, not background, because that's not what this is, but internships for me, I'm a big person of like, you work a job to figure out either if it's something you want to continue doing or if it's something you don't want to do at all. For the marketing job, although it was great, I realized that I don't think that this necessarily is my contribution to sports. (laughs) And so that internship for me, I realized that, hey, okay, grassroots promotion is probably not something that I want to do, or at least not something that I would want to focus on. Of course, if there's one aspect of the job over under like an overarching activities, then I would definitely be interested. But being out there, I don't even know how to explain it. (laughs) Um, Kelly had a different experience because she got to do a little bit of both of working, doing the grassroots promotion, doing a lot of games, doing in-office experience. Me, I was just outside handing out t-shirts and I just wanted to do a little bit more in that experience. And nothing against it. I think, again, you do have to work your way up, but Oh, man. And Blacksburg, it was some hot days out there, y'all. It was some hot days. <laughs> Surprised you've skipped over the best part of working at Hokie Village, Hollis. What, when they gave us Subway sandwiches? Mm-hmm. Yes, oh, I, <laughs> it's crazy how I knew that. Y'all, that was another thing. Like, after we set up everything, right before we had to go back outside to work all the games and dance and sing with all the fellow Hokies, they gave us Subway sandwiches. And when I say I look forward to that sandwich every week, uh, I got a turkey sandwich every week. And I just, it was love. It was love. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That always cracks up. And it's funny because, like, when we've talked about it, like, your favorite part was always the sandwich. But <laughs> anyone else would always say the cookie was the best part. But you're like, uh-uh, I live for that sandwich. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't really like Subway cookies. The sandwich, the sandwich and the chips, man. Oh, yeah. That was it. I don't know if we can do this podcast anymore. You just said you don't like their cookies. Well, you know, I have this thing where I say I don't like things that I've never really tried. I've never actually had. Uh, (laughs) So it's like peanut butter all over again. Yeah. Fun fact, guys, I don't like peanut butter, but I also haven't tried it. But something about it. I don't know. It just seems like I shouldn't eat it. Literally judging a book by its cover. She's one of those people. But she'll eat the crazy thing though is you'll eat um shoot what is it almond butter is that what yeah you're... oh I love almond butter. Do you deal with people? Do you see what I work with? <laughs> um, <laughs> but to get back on track, <laughs> to um kind of talk about the next level or, or working your way up. So once you work as an events intern, if there is an opening, they will offer um you to be essentially promoted to an office intern. So you still have all the responsibilities of an events intern. So not only working football, but a lot, various others of the 12 Olympic sport or 12, like 21, 22 Olympic sports that Virginia tech has. There's some that we didn't coordinate with, um, directly, but like, I mean, we would do soccer, baseball, 
softball, lacrosse. We didn't do golf. Um, but I mean, you get the idea. I think that was the great thing. Cause that was one thing I learned is across universities, marketing internships do differ. Um, cause I think it was either, I don't, well, I don't want to say a specific school and then like be wrong <laughs> or, uh, you know, display something that they're, they're not doing, but some internships are more focused on the sport. So you'd be just a football intern or marketing intern or just a baseball marketing intern. And the one thing that was great about Virginia techs was you got to work the entire year. Um, so true. I did enjoy working different things because who I would have never thought I'd go to a lacrosse game. So that, that was fun being able to experience a lot of different sports other than my typical basketball and football. Well, and like marketing is just very different for all, like, you're not going to market like in even just in-game promotion, you're not going to market things at a football game. Like you're going to market it at a lacrosse mm-hmm. or but like with a soccer game as well, just because each flow is so different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was a unique experience. And like, if you do end up finding an internship that is focused on one area, but you want to learn others, like definitely look for that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, But once you made it to that second level of an office intern, you did get um, expanded responsibilities. So I had the opportunity to actually coordinate um, for our volleyball team and for our women's tennis team. They gave me a fall sport and a spring sport. Um, So for volleyball, it was not only working with JC Whitten um, to come up with some theme games throughout the season. Uh, She also gave me the opportunity to direct the game. So I'd be down on the floor choosing music for um, timeouts and also like serving songs. I would be coordinating with the band, um, coordinating with the video board. If we have any, if we had any like videos in between um, sets or anything like that, choosing um, halftime performances and coordinating those and making sure they're getting on the court and then working with the interns, the event interns that we had working each home game as well. So it was That's definitely me, standing out t-shirts. Yeah, that was, Kelly's that doing was all this. how Hollis and I met. <laughs> yeah, I'm the one handing out t-shirts to the fans and nothing against it, but it's like, I wanted, so I wanted to do what Kelly was doing. I was like, wow, she's doing all this stuff. And I just didn't feel like I was really <laughs> utilizing a sports marketing internship. Yeah. And I think that's the like biggest thing when you start in sports where obviously you build it up in your head as like very glitz and glamorous. But then when you first start, you're like, Oh, okay. Th- this is how it is. It's, it's long hours. It's rolling t-shirts. Cool. 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 Yeah. Cool. 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 Um, okay. Cool. 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 I'll just go over here. Um, but I mean, it's, it's, it's worth it. Once you gain the trust of the people around you, um, it's definitely worth it in getting more responsibility. Actually with women's tennis, I did basically everything I did with volleyball, but I actually had to act as the PA announcer as well. And if you follow tennis, um, most players aren't American. So for someone who already stumbles over like easily pronounced words, pronouncing a lot of foreign names was very difficult. Um, and a growth, a growth moment for me, but, um, I think that was like another important thing I learned through that internship was like, never limit yourself. And even if they ask you to do something that maybe you haven't done before or you're uncomfortable with, like, just go for it. Like, Mm -hmm. especially at an internship level, like that's when you kind of have a little more leeway, I would say to make mistakes. You do. You do. Um, It is the perfect time to, you know, kind of ask for forgiveness rather than, and actually that's one of, when I was in an internship, that's what someone told me. They were like, you're an intern. Like it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Like we want to see what you got. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I definitely like (laughs) made some mistakes, but those were my, my biggest learning moments, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was pretty much kind of our experience within the college college world. But like, once again, if you don't want to work like the college side, you can always go with the conference NCAA or on um, like postseason, which we'll talk a little bit. Cause, uh, I had the opportunity to work one of our postseason or a postseason event, um, as well. But, um, there's definitely a lot of opportunity at the collegiate level, if that's something. And just like culture too, I would say one thing that always drew me to the college level is it's very much, at least the tech was like a family. Mm-hmm. It was very close. Um, and everyone was really great at working together, mm-hmm. um, which was something was a unique experience for me. Yeah. And then just going off that, um, I know Kelly made some points about like, if you go in there and you build your trust and you're going to get more responsibility. And that kind of goes into my experience with the basketball team. Cause I got that opportunity from working as the marketing intern because 
I was, <laughs> I'm very vocal. If anyone, <laughs> anyone that knows me knows I'm very vocal. So if I don't like something, I'm going to try to make the most of it, or I'm going to try to talk to someone. So I did, I talked to them and I said how I wanted to kind of get a little bit more involved with basketball, or I wanted to just see all of my options to do a little bit more. Although I liked doing the things from that marketing at from the athletic marketing internship. That is a mouthful. But I just wanted, I was looking for a little bit more. And then that's how I got introduced to the basketball opportunity. And then that's how I eventually got hired. So make sure even with these internships or the jobs that you have, if you want to do something more or do something different, tell them. A lot of times people understand or they'll be able to point you in a direction of the right contact or the right person. So if something isn't really making you happy, make sure that you're exposed that you express that. It's no point in just working a job and being miserable. Or it's a different story if you tell someone that and they're just like, okay, whatever, like this is your job. But if you are able to express that or you're able to do a little bit more, then I think you should look into it. A lot of times though, you are going to still have to do your job on top of whatever additional responsibility that you want. So make sure that you're prepared for that and you're not just kind of neglecting your actual job for something that you want to do. You kind of have to be able to balance both until you can fully transition into whatever opportunity or position that you really want to do. So I just wanted to make that last point that, of course, network, of course, express what you want to do and then make sure that you're still doing the work that you're already assigned doing. So, yeah. yeah. And I would say also, if you do want to work in college athletics, be prepared to move around because Mm -hmm. a lot of times when it comes to growing, like, or growth opportunities or being promoted or moving up, you have to go to another university or college to do it. It's not like you're going to stay at that one place the entire time. And like touching on, like Hollis was saying earlier with like your role, um, make sure you're kind of, cause each university is different in terms of how their department is set up and like what role um, does what, because especially depending on like, if it's division one versus division three, like, since division three doesn't really have as much funding as a division one university, like roles, I would say are more expanded. Um, I have a friend who's a coach at a division three school. And not only does he have to act as like an assistant coach, he has to do their social media. He also does facilities. Like he does way more than just like an assistant coach at Duke would do. Um, so also be mindful of that, whether you're looking at, um, division one, division two, division three, um, and just look at the role itself. And especially if you're starting out, like it doesn't hurt to start. I don't want to say at a lower level, but I mean, at a division three, because you will get more experience Mm -hmm. Um, and you will come off as a more versatile um, team player, I would say, or as a candidate, because you just have already proved you can handle so much and multitask. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think we've, uh, I think we've maybe just had a whole episode about college athletics, Uh, but (laughs) we'll, we'll go on to our next category, um, which is corporate brands, which uh, Hollis can give a little more information about. Ooh. Okay. I, this one's going to be really short (laughs) just because I don't have any experience working for corporate brands and I don't, Kelly, you don't either. Do you? Uh Uh-uh. Okay. So when we put down corporate brands, we are thinking of things such as Coca-Cola or Nike or Pepsi, brands like that. So for example, a lot of people don't know, which I didn't know, that Coca-Cola has their own sports division within their company. And so obviously Nike is geared towards sports, but a lot of these companies are the big companies that you see partner with athletes or sports such as the NFL, NBA. They have their own sports division and sports team inside their own company. So they may be focused on other things, but they have a specific team for that. And I think that's something a lot of people don't necessarily know or consider, especially for Pepsi. Um, one of our speakers in our panel, Kirby Porter, she actually worked for Pepsi in their NBA partnerships position. And so before, <laughs> before I met her, I didn't really know that that was an option or that I was like, how do you even get that job? And she's no longer with them, just to make that clear. But just be open to all of the possibilities that you could get because 
honestly, I don't even know how she found that job. I don't know if they found her, but just know that within these corporations, a lot of them do have sports opportunities within them. So make sure that you're going to their job boards as well and not just the typical teamwork online or just, you know, the typical sports job places that we go to. Make sure that you're looking all the places because there are a lot of sports jobs out there that you probably didn't even know existed. So that's all I really have for corporate brands since I don't have any personal stories there. Kelly, did you have anything you wanted to add? Um, I mean, I guess I don't have a personal story, but if you are like interested in working on the corporate side, I think a good way to kind of start off or a good starting point would be just looking at companies that already sponsor sporting events. Um, Mm -hmm. They're likely to have a sports marketing division or some type of connection to it or group that's searching and constantly looking for new opportunities to market through sport, um, Mm -hmm. which is obviously a very (laughs) successful way to market your brand if it fits with your target consumer. Um, But I, I, yeah, that would probably be my only tidbit. I, I don't have any fun story to share. Yeah, well, on to the next category, which is media. So I'm going to pass it over to Kels. Yeah, um, so we do have a little experience with the media side. I never actually expected to work on the media side, I would say. So kind of going back to Hollis, what Hollis was saying is like, don't limit yourself or automatically assume that you'll never be in like that aspect. But um, like a couple examples would be Turner Broadcasting and Warner Media, um, Viacom, Slam Media. But um, our experience comes from working with the ESPN um, Disney side, uh, working as events assistants. Um, But like just touching with that, it was, like I said, never expected to work for ESPN. I was actually shocked when they called me back and said, we'd like to interview you. Because I like, I mean, you apply and you're like, oh, it's ESPN. Like, what experience do I have to go with that? Um, But working with their events group was a really unique experience. um, And I wouldn't sacrifice it. Um, for the world just because it helped me grow so much as a professional and an individual. But um, as I alluded to earlier, it did give me the opportunity to work um, on a postseason event, which I never really thought of as like its own business, um, but it is. And it was working with the uh, Bahamas Bowl. And I guess it was unique just because, you know, I'd worked football, like the college side, um, working with Virginia Tech, but then going and almost just like focusing your whole year on one game was very new to me. But I mean, you definitely need the whole year to plan it. Um, But that was my side. And I think, like I said, it was, um, yeah, just like a unique experience. And I can't like speak to so much the media, the actual media side of ESPN, since I feel like our group was a very like different side of ESPN and most people like before I got it, I had no idea that ESPN had an events sector. And mm-hmm. I mean, you think a lot of these like other bowl games that I didn't even know were actually ESPN owned and operated before I started researching the position. Um, so I can't give too much information on the actual media side, but we do have um, a guest speaker who is also technically with a ESPN um, who works with the ACC network, Jade, She will, you know, be talking on Thursday and we're very excited. Um, But just like kind of going back to networking, I mean, Jade didn't directly work with us, but through her, like just being in the office, we were able to talk to her and not only just learn about ESPN, but the ACC network as well. Um, So once again, like this is a little off topic, but even if you don't work directly with someone, don't be afraid to reach out and grab lunch uh, because you never know where it might lead because now we had an easy go-to for a guest speaker because we were like, Jade's awesome. Who wouldn't want to listen to her? She's such a great person, great personality. We were really excited that she would come on. Yeah. And going off that, like Kelly said, um, again, me working basketball and Kelly worked on football, but I absolutely loved working with the events team. It was probably the hardest but most rewarding job I've ever had because, again, I got to tap into a lot of different things that I didn't even know. Like, I just learned so much in such a short amount of time. It was unbelievable working in hospitality, working with ticket sales, working with outside vendors. Like, it was just completely amazing. And then so some of the things that I got to work on was the Champions Classic and the Orlando Invitational 
um, just to name a few, because <laughs> the, the other events that I worked on are escaping my brain at this moment. But those were so much fun. And then just being able to speak to some of the different teams and then also having interns and then being able to one, one of our events, I had interns that I got to work with directly and figure out them on social media and hospitality and just a lot of things. So I even got managerial experience from it. It was just honestly the best thing. And I really liked working with the team because they were very open and what you wanted to get out of it. So I know I mentioned in the last category of college experience, but make sure that you're really talking to your supervisor. Like that is a real thing. If there's anything that you want to learn or want to tap into, make sure you tell your supervisor, see if there's a way that you can figure out how you can learn or grow or whatever you want, because you are in control of your career. So if there's anything that you want to learn a little bit deeply, make sure that you talk to them, because that's one thing I will say. I had great supervisors that really allowed me to grow. And then I was able to go to where there it was. And their names are Will and Stephanie. They were absolutely amazing. And if I wanted to do a little bit more on social media, they were like, hey, here's some tips. And then you go for it. Or whether it was hospitality, they were just right there. So I think that was an awesome story. Again, like Kelly, I can't really speak to the media side too much because we weren't with the production team or on television. We are more on the event side. But Yeah, I think our story was pretty similar about that. So enough about the media. We're going to go over to the nonprofit aspect of it. And I don't have any experience in nonprofit sports, but Kelly does. So I'm going to let her share her story. Yeah. So with the nonprofit side, I mean, you can really find it at all levels. And like, I mean, two kind of categories we'll touch on later with the professional side or even the recreational part of sports. Um, like a couple examples would be like the special Olympics, um, waves for change. If you haven't heard of it, it's actually an organization. When I went to South Africa with my grad program, they utilize surfing, um, to help kids over there as a form of therapy to deal with the kind of violence and being able to reconcile everything that they experience and have an outlet for it. Um, so that was a really unique organization. And then like professional level, you have like the Red Sox foundation or literally any like football, like NFL team, MLB, NHL, they all have a kind of community relations or corporate, like social responsibility aspect to their business. Um, so there's really a lot of opportunity in the nonprofit side. Um, cause a big trend, I mean, corporate social responsibility is huge now. I think it's becoming really important, especially with as you have more millennials entering the job market, um, because we apparently are obsessed (laughs) with seeing an impact in the work that we do. But the one experience that I have is, or personal experience that I have is with Sportable. I worked with them for a year while I was a grad, while I was at grad school. And for those of you who don't know, Sportable is an adaptive sports organization in Richmond. And they create opportunity for individuals who have disabilities. Um, So a couple examples, like if you've ever seen Murder Ball, which is about wheelchair rugby, um, wheelchair basketball, they have archery, tennis, I mean, swimming, like they were working there really opened my eyes to the adaptive sports world because I'd never experienced it before. And I would highly recommend you checking it out because it is just as competitive and fascinating to watch as like basketball or football. I mean, these athletes, like what they go through and their training is insane. Um, I mean, I'm a lazy person, so I probably think any athlete, like the training they go through is like insane, but, um, highly recommend it. Even if you just want to watch something this short murder ball is an amazing documentary. So you should definitely check it out. But while I was there, I was their program assistant. So I helped not only coordinate Uh, Some of the sports they offered, I worked mostly with wheelchair basketball, the youth side. So I would run the youth programming and I would kind of create activities for the kids to help them kind of get started because the way Sportable worked, they actually had a youth basketball team that competed just as they had an adult wheelchair basketball team that competed as well. And I was in charge of kind of getting their skills developed, which was my first like foray into coaching, which is 
I don't know, I'm someone who don't, I don't always see myself as like a role model or someone you should aim to be. So it was interesting. (laughs) It was in, well, I just don't see myself as like an adult, like someone who's like, oh, you should listen to them. You know, I I still feel like a kid who who has a lot to learn, but it was unique just because the best part about it was getting to know the kids and working with them and knowing on some level you're having even if it's the tiniest impact, like those kids just get loved coming just for like two to three hours just to be themselves, especially like for them, like getting to be around kids their own age who understand what they're going through was huge. And that was a big part for me. Um, Hashtag sport for social change. Um, That's kind of where I hopefully want to have my career go. But other than doing the youth wheelchair basketball, I also helped to coordinate um, Sportable hosted two different wheelchair basketball tournaments for the adults. And then they did one youth league as well. So helping coordinate those throughout the year. And then I also had a school project that was, we created a corporate wheelchair basketball tournament that gave others the opportunity to experience wheelchair basketball. And it is extremely difficult if you haven't tried it. I like, I mean, my hand-eye coordination is terrible. So not only like, are you trying to wheel yourself, but then you also have to dribble, which is a nightmare if you've ever seen me try to one, just dribble, not in a wheelchair. But it was just such a unique experience. And the nonprofit side, I mean, it's just as much work as any other side, but I think what you get out of it, like, is priceless. It can't be described. But, um, yeah, so nonprofit, like, so much opportunity there, whether, you know, you want to have it, you know, sport for social change. If you want to go the professional side, you want to go recreational, um, an impact, like, more your local community than on a national level, um, there's really so much opportunity there. All right. Thanks, Kelly. So do you want to move on to the professional side now? I mean, that's probably what people want to know about the most. (laughs) (laughs) Which is crazy because we honestly don't have much to offer with the professional side because I haven't worked for a professional team um, or a league. But when we talk about the professional team and leagues, we're talking about, of course, the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, PGA, working with the Atlanta Hawks, just professional teams in general. That's what we mean about professional teams. Yeah. And there's definitely certain levels to it. Obviously, like you have your top tier where you're playing NFL, MLB, but um, I w- the NBA is getting better at having, I would say like development leagues. Um, I know they have like the G league. Um, and I think they have, although this technically isn't development league, I know they have like NBA junior. So they're trying to create more of a streamline, but I did have the opportunity um, to work for a minor league team, which is technically mm-hmm. I would, I would say considered within the professional realm it was rookie league. So for those of you that don't know, it's pretty much the very first step in terms of the minor league farm system. Like it's not where anywhere near triple a single a double a it's, it's under those. Um, but it's a three month season in the summer. I worked with the Pulaski Yankees, which was about 40 minutes from my hometown, which is why I could do it. But I worked as their on-field promotions intern which, well, funny enough, okay, so I'm someone who prefers to be behind the scenes, and yet I constantly find myself doing things that puts me in the spotlight, such as, like, I don't know, a podcast or this opportunity with the Yankees where I was that uh, that poor schmuck that you see on the field in between innings being like, hey, guys, here's a game, and here's some kids, and they're going to run around for a prize. Like, that was me. I didn't use that voice. I used my regular voice. I wonder if that was the voice you used. Yeah, just on over here like this. Um, But no. But it was definitely, like I said, outside of my comfort zone, which I think you should always try and push yourself in any opportunity you decide to do. Like, don't, if you, I mean, you should always tick off all the boxes in terms of when you're applying for a job, but always look for something maybe you haven't done before. Um, I think that adds, like, an exciting aspect to it. But I was responsible not only for obviously being the person on the microphone, but I had to create the entire promotional schedule for that season. So all the games we were playing. And for me, like the thought process that goes into it is you have your season ticket holders who are going to be there the entire three months. You have to make sure 
that you have different games. So it's being creative on that side. Also like coming up with games such as, um, what was the one I created? Oh, I had the, a guessing game about like bait had to do with Babe Ruth and it had a really cool name, but apparently not cool enough to stick in my memory where obviously (laughs) Babe Ruth is known for calling his home runs. So I created a promotion where fans could guess uh, which Yankees player would hit the first home run of the game. Um, so it's just like things like that, trying to really create fan engagement and increase fan experience during the game. But I would say with the MLB or well, M I L B for minor league baseball. Um, like I mentioned earlier, we're kind of, if you're on the lower tier of sports or like lower levels or like the beginning stages, you definitely like your role is expanded past your job description. So even though I was like on the field, on the microphone or doing a lot of the marketing, such as like making sure the Anthem singer was on the field when they needed it. I also had to pull tarp, which like if I had one thing I would never want to do in my life again, it would be pull tarp. (laughs) Wait, can you explain what that is just in case anyone doesn't know? Sure. So when it rains, there's a group of people that have to pull this gigantic tarp out to cover the baseball diamond so it doesn't get um, destroyed and it doesn't get flooded by the water. I'm sure there's a lot more technical terminology, but I didn't really work with groundskeeping, so that's the best I can give you. It's very big, it's very heavy, and you have to have a lot of people to be able to pull it, and you have to coordinate it because it's very big and it's very heavy. And it's very stressful, especially I missed that the first time. <laughs> yeah, in case you like, I'm if I can't emphasize it enough, it's very big and it's very heavy, especially when there's water on it. But that's a whole nother story. And so you have to like pull it out. And obviously, when this is typically happening, there's a storm coming. So it's not like the sun is out and birds are singing and it's just peaceful and calm. And you're just like, oh, I just want to lay out. No, there's like it's wind. There's probably rain. I got drenched so much working that job. And it's so hard because then, like, if the wind gets caught under that thing, like, you're Mary Poppins and out of there, you know? Like, you're flying off, like, to never to be seen again. I was always afraid that would happen. And then I was also convinced because if anyone's ever seen, like, the Sports Center not top 10, there's always some poor loser that gets stuck under the tarp. And I knew that was going to be me. Luckily, it wasn't, spoiler alert, but I just, like, had a thought. That would and be so, a great memory, though, to, like, <laughs> save that recording. <laughs> Say you may know. <laughs> I feel like that was something I could maybe laugh about, like, 50 years later when, I don't know, just the humiliation and the pain wore away. <laughs> yeah. I guess also, your mom like, did. <laughs> she be, like, so scary under that thing. And, like, you'd come out just, like, covered in clay and, like, dirt, and you'd just be gross. Um, also, I don't know if you could like survive under there. It's pretty heavy, um, but we're off topic. And <laughs> so that, that's basically what pulling tarp is. I actually had <laughs> my general manager freak out one time cause my hat flew off while I was pulling tarp and she thought it was me. Cause apparently I'm the size of a baseball hat, which makes no sense. But she was like running on the field going like, stop, stop. Kelly's on the tarp, which Kelly wasn't on the tarp. Kelly was where she was supposed to be. She was pulling the tarp. <laughs> Um, but so that was like another task that I had to do. Um, definitely not (laughs) expected, definitely unique experience. I'm glad to say that I've achieved it, but at the same time, I'm glad to say I don't have to do it in the future as far as I know. Um, but that's like one example of expanding, um, your role outside of your job description. I mean, I also had the Calfi girls that I worked with who are our cheerleaders. Like if they weren't busy and it was between an inning, Like they were helping rush concessions to people in their seats. So the minor leagues were definitely like all hands on deck, especially at the rookie league level where, I mean, I was the only marketing staff member. It's like, it was just me. And I came from like working at Virginia tech where I had a full team to then it just being me. So like, it's just me rolling like t-shirts and just me like executing all the promotions for that game. But I mean, I wouldn't have changed anything about that summer because it gave me a lot of cool opportunities as well. Like I got to plan a kiss cam engagement, which was super cool. And I got to help. And she said, yes, which was like, thank God. Um, (laughs) And then like, I just, I was like, Oh, please, please don't, please don't say no. 
And then I also got to do a soldier homecoming, which was like a dream come true. And just like getting to help those kids. So, I mean, I think that's what has always drawn me to sports, whether you're working, you know, professional, nonprofit, corporate brands, agency is just like what sports is able to do and the influence they have on people. And just, it makes people happy. I mean, as we've seen them without sports during this pandemic, they've been very sad to put it the simple. <laughs> I'm glad. That's that a very nice way to that. put it. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's like a range of emotions in between that, but people have been sad. Yeah. But now sports are back. They've been very upset that sports has been canceled for a minute. Oh, yeah. And shout out to the WNBA because I like my weekend was completely full this past weekend and it was great. Yes, yeah. Me, on the other hand, I'm still catching up on The Last Dance. So, you know, baby steps for me. <laughs> we, all, we all have our, you know, pace that we go at. But I'm, I, I'm proud I'm of you for wrong. watching it. I'm proud of you for watching it. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. I watched it nonstop. I took a break because obviously I had to go to bed. But your girl will be picking back up tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm. um but just to get I guess back on track although my I would say my professional experience was maybe on the lower end of things um definitely like we talked about a whole lot of opportunity I know I know we kind of have extremes we say like sports a small world but at the same time it's not because there is a lot of opportunity out there um it just depends on what you're looking for um but I guess on the opposite side if you, you know, don't have the skill to make it at the professional level, you can be like the rest of us and play at the recreational level, which also has a bunch of opportunity. I'm sure we all experienced it um, growing up, such as like kids leagues. I mean, I played in more <laughs> than my fair share of sports, I would say. And then you also have adult leagues. I've watched too many church league softball games more than I ever wanted to and seen more men, grown men get very angry about getting out than I ever wanted to. Um, but you also have like the recreational side in terms of like at the college level as well. Um, so, I mean, as you guys know, recreation is for us slums who, uh, aren't LeBron James, you know, pretty much like 99% of the population. Um, but there's always opportunity there as well. And then just, um, to kind of cover, I mean, we've talked about college professional recreation. There's also the little high school middle school in between. Um, so when you start hitting that level where you're not playing rec league anymore, but you are kind of on your pathway to maybe making it at the professional level as well. I mean, in high school, they have athletic directors. So if you do want to be an athletic director one day, maybe starting at a high school level is a good way to go, um, to show that you have the experience at least to manage a plethora of sports before moving, you know, up the chain. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. All right. So we have, I feel like we've been talking for a good minute about the basic layout of the sports industry. Of course, you can see there are a lot of avenues. So now we're going to move on into the resources to learn more about the opportunities. So these are the places where you can apply, see what openings are available, kind of just get a feel for what exactly you want to do. So you can go to Teamwork Online. That is probably, I want to say the most popular option of finding a job in sports, but then not everybody posts on Teamwork Online. I think that's more where you'll find a lot of the more professional teams, professional leads. Well, maybe, I don't even know about leads. Do they post on Teamwork Online? I feel like a lot of professional teams and conferences, some post on Teamwork Online. I know you can set like um, alerts. So it's like if you're interested in a job just within the NFL, if you don't have a specific organization that you work for or want to work for, that you can like set alerts and be like, oh, I'm interested in a job in the NFL. And then they'll alert you like if any kind of job within that realm gets posted. I don't know. I've never seen anything specifically where it's like the National Football League is hiring for this position. Yeah, I haven't seen that on there either. So, but definitely check it out. Um, there's a lot of different things. Honestly, there's jobs in there that I didn't even know existed. So they literally have everything from marketing to security to ambassadors to internships to even the higher like level executive positions. They are there's a lot of options on Teamwork Online. But then you can also go internally for a lot of the 
specific conferences databases. So you can go to NCAA Jobs. They have a lot of opportunities. And then I know, especially if you want to go more the agency route, of course, you're going to have to find um, the specific agency you want to go for. And then they have their own internal career portal. For me, I actually found the Wasserman opportunity. Um, I Googled top sports agencies. And then so Forbes comes out with a list every year of their, I want to say, oh, it's called the most valuable sports agencies, actually. And so it gives you a long list. And when I applied to Wasserman, I literally applied to every company on that list. It was a very long list. I think I heard back from maybe two and actually got hired by Wasserman. So definitely use that list to your advantage. Don't be afraid to apply to all of them. The odds are in your, more in your favor when the more opportunities you apply to. So definitely apply to them all because you just never know. Some other resources are you can do LinkedIn a lot with networking and connecting with recruiters. I connect with recruiters all the time because they are constantly posting job opportunities. So that way you'll be able to see them firsthand. And then also if you're posting, the recruiters become more familiar with seeing your name and whatever you're doing to contribute to the sports industry or just self-development, professional development whatever, they're becoming more familiar with your name. Um, so make sure that you're doing that as well. But I'm going <laughs> to go ahead and say, don't necessarily message recruiters. Do it if you know exactly what to say. I know, I'm pretty sure a lot of recruiters probably get messages or emails. A lot of times people don't like when you just message them asking about a job. So if you are going to message them, I don't know, find something that you can offer or say you want to get to know a little bit more about them and their story. Don't just email them and say, hey, you posted this job. I'm interested. I think I would be perfect. I want to chat. Okay, you're probably perfect, but so are the other hundreds of people that also apply to the job. So if that's all you have to say, then you might as well just apply and wait for if you get an interview or not. So I wouldn't necessarily recommend that, but Try to use it in your favor or see what other people aren't doing that you can start posting on LinkedIn. Some other resources are team and company websites. And then, of course, did you, oh, wow. <laughs> that, did you hear that? It was like, did you? But, <laughs> I hate to hear it. Yeah, hate to hear it. <laughs> but the last thing is the generic employment sites. So things like Indeed, ZipRecruiter, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm going to pass it over to Kelly to talk about some important things to consider when you're applying to a job. Yeah. So, I mean, we've kind of already touched on them. I would say the biggest thing for me, at least from the many jobs that I've worked at, is a big deciding factor is culture. Um, just really the environment that you're working in, what they value, whether it's professional development or maybe, you know, the culture is very like head to the ground, just get the job done. We don't care how you do it. Um, take your time to really research that. I mean, I know they have like Glassdoor, um, which is a great way to kind of see behind the scenes and people will leave kind of reviews. It's like the Yelp of uh, the job employment industry. Mm -hmm. So definitely, or, I mean, we talked about LinkedIn. I mean, if you see someone who previously worked at that company, reach out and be like, Hey, like I was looking at this position. I saw you worked at this company. Would you be willing to talk about it with me and like your experience? Um, not only is that like a great way to then connect with someone because you have a reason other than, Hey, I need a job. Do you like know anyone? Um, I can't stress so, enough. Do not yeah. message someone and say that. Like, please do not. Because <laughs> even people have messaged me and I will leave you on red. Like, do not message me and ask for it. Sis, I'm trying to look for a job too. Like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I hate when people do that, when they message you, especially when they don't know you and just asking for something. Like, personally, I can't even recommend you for a job if I don't know your work ethic, if I don't know you personally, if I don't know what you've done or contributed or just how you work. So why, how, how would that look on me if I recommend you for a job and then you go in there and you just, uh, I don't know, are a really crappy worker. That's going to look bad on me. So why, I don't know. I just don't understand when people do that. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've had a couple of people reach out on LinkedIn and then, I mean, it really makes a difference when they're literally just like, oh yeah, I'm just like, 
trying to meet people in the sports industry, like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Or they're just like, they almost seem entitled to me talking to them. And I'm like, I, like, I don't know you. Why, why would I want, like, what can you offer me? I mean, mm-hmm. it goes both ways. Um, but whether it's like reaching out, um, through LinkedIn, I think another important consideration would be kind of the job expectation. Like Hollis touched on earlier with the marketing internship, she discovered quickly, like maybe this grassroots marketing level of like standing at a marketing table, handing out free giveaways and, you know, doing promotions maybe wasn't like the route for her. Um, kind of that aspect of it. If you don't like (laughs) interacting with people, um, sales would not be for you. So, I mean, definitely think about the different aspects of a job and whether or not you would be a good fit for it or if it would slowly wear you away. I mean, it's easy to think like, oh, I can put up with it. But when you have to do it every single day, like it'll wear on you. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how I felt about like, so like for me, driving is huge. Um, right now the job that I have is about an hour, like the commute would be at least an hour and that's not without, and that's without considering traffic. Um, so for right now, obviously in a pandemic, I was like, you know what, I can suck it up. But if it was like normally I'd be like, uh, like I'm not driving an hour every day. Um, so just like, I mean, really be self-aware, understand what you are willing and not willing to do for a job. And even if it seems like a great opportunity, you don't want to sacrifice like your mental health or your happiness, I guess would be the simplest way to say it to get the job or to, you know, work in sports. Cause I think it's very important to have that balance. Um, do you have any other like things you consider when you're looking at a job Hollis? Um, I think you touched on a lot of things, culture, environment, job expectations. And then, of course, like Kelly mentioned earlier, when you go into an interview, yes, they're interviewing you, but make sure you interview them. These are the people that you're going to be working with, that you're going to be learning from. So make sure that that's a really good fit and that their, I guess, work style kind of aligns with your work style. Do you prefer to have someone on you every day that's saying, hey, did you get this done? Did you get this done? Did you get this done? Or do you prefer someone to tell you what needs to get done and then you just kind of do it? How I think it's very important for you to figure out your work style as well and then make sure that it aligns with the company or the managerial style of the people that you'll be working under. So definitely make sure that is a good fit or... Oh, if it's not, then it's going to be a long, a long work week for you. So make sure that aligns as well. Well, and I know one thing like Hollis and I've talked about is the importance of having a good manager. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that really makes or breaks, I think your experience, whether or not you're able to grow from it. Cause I mean, eventually you're going to hit a wall and a good manager will recognize that and make sure that you can, you know, and will remove that wall and make sure you have more opportunities to grow. But others, um, not so much. Mm-hmm. And we're humans. So you'll definitely find managers that don't fit with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And I mean, if you have other considerations, definitely reach out, let us know. We love to hear what is important to you. We do. We do. It's not just about us. Like, yeah, we just on the show, but we want to hear from you guys too. So make sure you're definitely sharing. Um, follow us on social media, join our conversation, because we do want to know what are some important considerations that you look for when you're applying to jobs or interviewing, where sometimes do you find your opportunities other than networking or other than some of the places that we named? What are some different sports industry options? If we missed anything, we'd love to hear that as well. And then I think to kind of close out on this episode is to share our personal stories of how we figured out what we want. So I think I'm going to go ahead and start off by saying, I don't know, (laughs) to be completely honest with you, Um, especially of the different avenues within the sports industry. All of them kind of piqued my interest to some extent. And I just know that I love doing, I love working in sports and I also love marketing and digital marketing. But then I also love the event side of it, which I didn't even know until I had that experience at ESPN. So I am still figuring out what exactly it is that I want to do 
Um, and I want you to know that that's completely okay <laughs> to not necessarily have all the answers figured out because when you do, I think that limits yourself sometimes or you just don't know what all there is out there because I'm still constantly learning of different job opportunities or job options within the sports industry because there are a lot, y'all. There are a lot of opportunities out there. So I am still trying to figure that out. So to answer that question, I don't know what exactly it is I want to do within the industry. So Kelly, what about you? Well, I hate to be an echo, (laughs) but I mean, just like Hollis, I am still just figuring it out as I go. Um, I've had like an interesting road where like, I think I mentioned earlier where when I was working at tech and the marketing internship, like that's, I thought I was like, I'm going to work in collegiate athletics. I want to work in the marketing department. This is what I want to do. And then I applied to be a marketing assistant at VCU, um, as a graduate assistant, like while I was at grad school and I didn't get it. And so then that kind of like threw my plan that I had like out the door. I was like, oh, okay, like wh- what do I do now? And so then I ended up working at Sportable where I really saw the opportunity to not only compact, like do a job that utilized my passion for sports, but then I also got to combine it with my passion for giving back to the community or having, leaving a good impact on those around me, um, which was a new experience for me. And after that year, I was like, okay, well, I definitely want to work in like community relations or some type of like social impact um, through sport. And then I applied to community relations positions with like professional teams and I still didn't get it. And then I ended up getting the events job at ESPN. And then I worked in events and I love, I mean, I love that. And I loved the operation side because not only did I get to use my marketing, I got to learn more about like budgeting and just the operation side of everything. And you get to touch every aspect. You're not limited to just one. And I was like, Oh, I love this. Maybe I want to do this. It's like every job I've had within sports. I'm like, wow, I can see myself doing this. Like I really like this. So I always try and keep an open mind. My least favorite question to be asked in an interview is where do you see yourself in five years? Because I feel like when I give an answer, it's almost committing myself to it. But I mean, I really don't know where I'm going to be in five years, especially after this, this whole pandemic. Um, and especially, I mean, the, COVID-19 changed, I think everyone's kind of path in terms of, I don't want to say there's a little more desperation, but now I think you have to be a little more open-minded about what job you're looking for, because you really just want to be back. I mean, I just want to be back in sports and I'm willing to maybe look at an avenue that I hadn't previously looked at before to get there. Um, So I think, yeah, I mean, as Hollis said, I have absolutely no clue. I know what I enjoy and I know what I I don't like. Um, So I think that's the biggest thing is always trying to find opportunity where even if you don't find a job that, you know, this is what I want to be my dream job. Well, then at least, you know, that's one thing you can cross off the list. You're like, well, no, I don't want to do this, which is just as important as figuring out what you do want to do. I would say. Yeah. Well, I think that that was a great point and a great place to kind of wrap up this episode. I hope that we gave you guys a lot of information and I hope that you're going to be able to apply it. And if you don't know what exactly you want to do within the sports industry, hopefully this gave you a better idea or even somewhere to start your research process because it is a process of looking into all of these companies, looking into all of these options, and then also finding people on LinkedIn that are doing what you may want to do and seeing what their day-to-day looks like, what their kind of projects look like, what they're getting into. So we hope that you will join us next week for our new episode on Tuesday. And we also hope that you will join us on this Thursday at our first ever Outnumbered Digital Summit. Woot, woot. Yes, woot, woot. We hope to see you there. And we hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode. Until next time, guys. Bye. Bye.